present from Manchester, England. This is the main event. Yes, hello and welcome. This is the main event in association with Premier Sports Sky Channel 433. Make sure you check out the website www.maineventboxingshow.co.uk. Welcome to the show. It's Monday, 15th of August. In the studio today with myself and Bobby Rimmel, John Kays, local boxer, and Danny Benson as well. So uh, thanks for joining us, lads. On the phone, we've also got Tony Bellew, Ashley Fearfane, and Jesse Jackalope. So uh, again, as we always say, it's definitely yeah, a big show. The busy show, mate, again. Always good, right? What we do, Danny, we always uh, kick the show off with a studio guest. So we're going to jump straight into it, mate, and uh, kick it all off with you're the local boxer, like you know, um, you train at Bobby's gym. We just like to get um, a bit of a background on you know, you know, for the listeners and stuff like that. So basically, Danny, how did you kind of get yourself into the uh, boxing game? I just started when I was a kid. Really. My dad took me down because he knew um, Ted Peter Louverlight. So I went down when I was a kid and just stuck out from there. Excellent. So where are you from? Uh, Hyde, of course. How long have you been training with Bobby now? Because I know I've been with Bobby. I think it's about fourteen weeks now. I've been with Bobby. Brilliant. And how's he? How's he settling, settling in, Bobby? Good. When he first come down, he'd not really trained a lot, and he was. Um, not used to being back in the gym and all that so now he's he's done everything that I've asked him you know sometimes it's been pretty tough but he's getting fitter every week and he's losing weight every week so he's uh, he's really stuck to the task and I'm really really impressed with him at the minute you know mm-hmm. what I mean and he's, he's a young kid he's 19 and he you know he's a big kid and people forget that these kids are only young when they're big because they're big they think that they're, they're older than they are you know what I mean I mean he does look old he looks about 42 doesn't he but um, you know everything I've asked of him to do he's done yeah brilliant you know, so I'm, I'm dead pleased with it Nice one. Where did you start your amateur career, Danny? Yeah, I started at Louvelite and then when I was 14, non 15, I went to Tameside Elite and then went to Bribbury. Brilliant. And what's your uh, amateur record like? It's all right, yeah. I had 67, 154, so right. decent enough. Not bad, not bad. So you started, you know, you obviously got debut, pro debut this autumn. Have we got any details on that, Bobby? Because it's yeah, the Copley it's, show, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going to probably box on, on a VIP show, but it's to let the, re- the listeners know, it's going to be in junction with the main event boxing show. Hmm. Danny Benton's going to be. Uh, Johnny Cage is going to top the bill he's going to defend his international masters title mm-hmm. and Danny Randalls is going to be on the bill he should have been here this morning Danny but yeah. he had to go and have his hair done so <laughs> you know everything stops when he has his hair gelled <laughs> so um, you know it's going to be all local lads and a good local show because I, I firmly believe that we need to start getting these local kids all fighting in the local area again yeah, now course, yeah. like it used to be I mean you know get them boxing locally get the local people know that they've got a couple of local kids here that they can, they can back and then start off in your local area before you go into the big stage you know yeah, what I mean? cool. so, yeah so it's going to be great but Danny's going to box on that for his first pro fight brilliant have we got an opponent no oh, not yet not yet yeah. sweet lovely so you're going to be fighting at cruiserweight you said yeah how yeah. would you describe your fighting style you know for the kids out there that have not seen you yet what Just can we expect a tall upright boxer really bit of a counter puncher but I'm changing that a bit at the moment coming forward a bit more because it's a bit different to amateurs isn't it sweet lovely and um, who's, your, who's your sort of favourite fighters do you copy anyone and try and you know pick up tips from any well, boxers just a bit off everybody really because obviously the best boxers they're all good at different things aren't they but I like watching like your Lennox Lewis and your Larry Holmes because they're all big lads and nice boxers aren't they with the jabs and that and obviously Floyd May with a pack you know, for obvious reasons just best out there aren't they OK John you know we are fighting on the bill as well as, we, as Bobby's just mentioned there how have you been because you've been out, out the ring a little bit you got married yeah I've been, out, been out the ring since uh, March I had to take a bit of time it was an hard fight so um, we had a few few weeks out the, out the um, gym but then I was back in the gym just ticking over but dates are 
of fights and stuff, there was clashing with like I was getting married and going away and stuff, so they yeah. were clashing. So we just con- just concentrated on getting married and sorting out preparations for that. That's all done and dusted now. So I'm back in the gym f- and full it and um, fighting October the first at Copper Staley Bridge. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, like I say, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a local show for local mm. lads. It's not a Sunday afternoon show. It's, it's it's a Friday night or a Saturday night. When we say that it's going to be the first of October, it could be the thirtieth of September. Right. Okay. We're not sure. It could be one of them two nights, uh, depending on what they say. It'd be good to get John back in the ring after his after his last fight, you know. And he did have a lot of personal stuff to go and sort out, like you know, small matter getting married and stuff like that. And, yeah. And uh, but now he's back in the gym full time, so it's great. The gym's buzzing again. Good stuff. Yeah, it's firing. Cause that I've been there the last couple of weeks and that. And yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Busy, Everyone so. says, oh, it's closed season now, you know, and all that. Yeah. Of course, it's yeah. closed season for everybody else. But <laughs> <laughs> we've got to get him ready for this fight. You I know, know, so. I know. Madness. Uh, what we're going to do today, lads? We've got a theme. Me and Bobby have been doing a theme. Um, sort of while the season's been closed we've you know sort of come up with a question for our guests and the question that we've got this week is if you if you could have been at any fight in history what fight could you you know if you could have been ringside any fight in history what fight would you have been at because obviously there's you know there's millions hard to choose it's like yeah. choosing your favourite song sort of yeah. thing but if there's any that sort of stick out definitely for me it would have been um, Atoro Gatti versus Mickey Ward yeah. you know exceptional fight all, all three of them and I wouldn't want to have been at any of them yeah, yeah so. it's been a big big choice with the, with the listeners as well because like, I'll read some out from from some that the listeners they, they, just, well. they just yelled them too didn't yeah. they you know yeah. uh, two real game kids weren't they I think a, a lot of it as well what you were saying earlier as well yeah. John is that he's kind of a sort of a normal sort of like of course yeah, what well, Mickey for Ward. me he's like an idol Mickey Ward you know yeah. he's like not like not like me like, but you know both come from the kind of the same background like we both work with Arthur Graff for a living Yeah. at the same time we're both professional fighters and we're you know we're grafting at that as well and to get to the where, where he got doing what he was doing was unbelievable yeah it was yeah it's <laughs> an inspiration for me and the he didn't have the greatest of starts, did he? No, no. I mean, when you watch that film, you've got that kid who's a raving rockhead. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He's taking fights because he needed a few quid, so he's taking fights for his brother and all that. It was really harsh, wasn't it? You know what I mean? So Brilliant. What about you, Danny? Probably would have been Mayweather Gatti, just because it was, like, in my opinion, probably Mayweather's best performance. Bit of a masterclass, or... John Cage versus Day Davis because fight of the year. I was lucky enough to be in that one. That was a classic. Yeah, da- Danny's kind of in order, John, a little bit. He, yeah, uh, he, look, see, he yeah. looks up to John. When I was about 17, 18, I was spent a bit of time at Louvre, like, and that's when Dan just started. You know, he was like 10, 11 year old. So, and now he's here. It's nice to see him, like, and he's been boxing one of me, one of me undercards. <laughs> <laughs> you made it now, aren't you, son? Yeah. yeah, you know, just to box on one of Johnny Cage's oh, undercards. He's brilliant after it. this one, can't. <laughs> Brilliant. What about you, Bobby? What, what's the fight that you'd like to have been on? Yeah, Diego Corrales and Castillo. Yeah. You know, the, the second Another classic. One. Like you say, it's hard to choose one, isn't it? But that was. That, a, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. In that last round, many times I go on the internet, I've got it saved on my favourite. And there's many times that, that I look at that because there was kind of so much happened in that last round yeah. when he got dropped, Corrales. I mean, they was both absolutely goosed, weren't they? Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, they did put. There wasn't a lot yeah, left in it any of the tanks no. he both put everything in and then he got dropped Corrales and he got dropped ever he went every didn't he you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and um, and he's down like and he's on the deck and he's done and he and he, he had the sense to spit his gun shield out didn't he, yeah, he did, yeah, so he spit his gun shield out and then they got him up and uh, Dan Goosen just took his bit, a little bit of time you know what I mean and then and then he goes out again and bang he cops for it again 
down again and spit his gum shield out again and it was mad because he didn't know where he was he was gone and he gets up and the referee warns him and then they put his gum shield back in and I remember Goosen saying to him listen with a few more choice words what we're not going to say he said you better get inside on him now mm. and he looked absolutely he looked scared of the coach of his coach yeah, you know yeah. by his coach yeah. getting on his case and then he went out and he, he, he done Castillo didn't he yeah. do you know what I mean and it was it was just mad you know it was just this, this like in that 10th round you've got the gum shield coming out you've got the trainer going berserk you've got the re- the kid getting decked and getting up and getting warned mm. there was so much that went on in, in that last in that 10th round you know it was amazing wasn't it you know? classic I think if, if if memory served me right I think it was fight of the year wasn't it yeah, and, and you know what I was, I was lucky enough really lucky after uh, after Rick's fight against Costa Zoo he come in the dressing room Carales he come in the dressing room and, and I, I, I don't have my picture took with a lot of people and uh, I was lucky enough to have my picture took with him yeah. before he uh, before he had the accident and died so I was really lucky to because he, he, you know he was a warrior didn't he yeah, you know, he was a warrior and, you know he was right up my street him you know what I mean honestly type of fighter, yeah, he was right up my street yeah brilliant what we'll do uh, we'll go through some of the ones that the listeners have sent in and we can, you know, we'll discuss some of these uh, pro box man and sugar Chris there off Twitter and a lad called Sean Brown as well they've gone for uh, Agla Hearns which is yeah, yeah. Yeah. Argue, isn't it? I mean I was at the uh, Apollo Hardwick watching that we was all working on the door in town then and all the doormen got together and we all went to um, we all went to the Apollo Hardwick to watch it right you know well, what I mean? was it like just going to the pictures when you did oh, that was, yeah. yeah you know what it was absolutely unbelievable because it was unheard of wasn't it watching a fight from America I mean yeah. I think there'd been a couple of alley fights on and stuff like that I always remember it in the dressing room before they went in the dressing room before and Agler had an hat on and, and a baseball cap and had war on yeah, the front of it, it yeah. and, and that's what it was wasn't it yeah, you know, yeah, and, was, wasn't it? and Brian, Brian Sadie bet me a 10 off that uh, Ernst was going to win <laughs> and uh, when Agler won I jumped up on my seat shouting and Brian Sadie dropped me with the best body shot I've ever been dropped <laughs> with in my life <laughs> he sneaked it on me from behind with a belt off but I mean the cinema was in uproar that night yeah. because it was just brutal wasn't it it was Classic, brutal, brutal. I think that was one of the fights that got me into boxing as a kid to be honest yeah, I remember but, um, a mm. guy used to have it on video next to us like you know yeah. he used to live around the corner yeah. and every week I'd knock on I'd borrow it for a couple yeah. of days give yeah. it back and then a couple of days later I could have yeah. borrowed that and in the end he gave it me do you know what I mean because yeah. I watched it and the video tape at the beginning he had a few fights in it and where the Agler Earns was it had worn out that much it was fuzzy you know what I mean yeah. couldn't watch it in the end and all, all, all the rest of the tape yeah. was brilliant and, I mean, uh, we, we was that excited about that fight we all ended up in the Rialto Snooker Club in Salford all of us and um, when we come out it was fun, a funny story when we come out in the morning it was like it was about 8 o'clock half 8 right, yeah. and we all come out and there was a we still all had these dinner jackets somewhat what we wore on the door in them days you know what I mean and we come out and, and there was a van full of lads going to work in the morning and they were slagging us off terrible because they was all jealous <laughs> we was been out all night all going home but better they was going to graft <laughs> brilliant brilliant fight oh, what was oh, that yeah. it was 85 wasn't it I think that, mm. one, that one so yeah, yeah excellent good memories there Gareth Seward um, sent in Ali Frazier one again yeah. another, yeah, another I mean one. there's not a lot of people of our age seen that exactly, well yeah. my age obviously but of your, yeah. your age it's kind of, you've got the wrong kind of audience here with us here yeah, to talk no, about that it's hard to them, talk about them ones isn't it? Uh, Dewey Powell's gone for Ward Gatty one which again yeah. we've mentioned mm. um, Gary Shaw went for Robbie Robinson against Davidson Andor from 1982 never even no, heard I, I know it's one to look for, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. we'll have to have a look at it, won't we'll we? We'll have to Google it, won't yeah. we? Well, yeah. I, had a, I had a Google on there on Boxrec, it was, and it? it was 60 seconds, I think it lasted. Right. So, no, must have been, yeah. 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 So, um, Leonard Gunning, friend of the show, he, he went for uh, Morales Barrero. Paddy Cronin went for Vasquez Rafa Marquez, too. Great fight. Yeah. Keith mm. Ward went Cassius Clay against Henry Cooper. Mm. 
which yeah. is a classic. Yeah. And um, a mate of mine, I'll, I'll carry on with the rest of the show in a minute, but a mate of mine, Nick, Nick Ingham, went for Ben McClellan, which we talked yeah. about as well. Yeah. That was another um, yeah. classic. Oh, I remember yeah. watching that one. On, obviously, it was on that's telly what, at the time. That's what, that's what first got me into boxing. Ben McClellan. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it, I think it was a Saturday night or something. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. And then that was it. Both was, murderous yeah. punches, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. That McClellan was a murderous punch. Yeah. I think he'd had something like, was it something like 31 fights, 29 knockouts yeah, and something yeah, like that? Yeah, he'd had, yeah. Murderous like 20 years then, we're in the first round. Mm. Or Never kind of moved his feet much, did he, McClellan? He was always planted on the floor. I yeah. think, you know, his feet was always firmly planted on the deck. That's why we, we could bang yeah. a little bit, you know. He was mean? agile, it was a bit like um, Hearns, one of them, dead skinny sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. McClellan, he boxed um, Roy Jones a couple of times in amateurs. I think like, they won and lost, like, you know, I think they were on course to meet as pros, like, and what yeah, happened. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. prevented that from happening, yeah. like, you know. They, they were talking about it, you know, they sort of said that he didn't train right because he always banged them out and that. Yeah. He felt like he didn't need mm. to be. But, you know, they talk of him like being one of the greats, really, and that with his record and stuff. It is, it is a problem, that, when, you, when, when you're training kids that can, can bang, because some of them get it in their head that they've only got... A, you know, you see it so many times, don't you? Yeah. You know, they've only got to land one shot, and they, so they kind of forget about the other stuff to get them in there and the jabs and stuff like that, to land that big shot, you know what I mean? It, you know, when you, when you get a kid who's tagged as a knockout merchant, it, it's it's really really hard to keep him in that boxing mode and stuff, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. Do you think that was the fight that kind of um, took it out of Ben as well because after that I don't think he was ever there yeah I don't know um, fights like that um, when people get hurt yeah it, it can have a an effect on people can't it mm. you know, because boxers get in the ring and they do terrible things to each other but out of the ring they're all nice lads mm. when all the crowds have stopped shouting and, and everyone's gone home and you sat there on your own it must affect you yeah do you know course, what I mean yeah. it must yeah. have it must. I would say so definitely it, it affected him like, I think it affected you Bank with Watson and yeah, all like you know exactly yeah, yeah. kind of thing they were never the same was they no no no, it's got to affect him, hasn't it? Yeah, of course it has, yeah. OK, lads, well, uh, we've gone through some of the um, fights, the great fights that a lot of people um, would have wanted to. You know, we've got a lot more of them to come along during the rest of the show. Make sure you stick around, because on the show shortly we've got Tony Bellew, we've also got Ashley Fearfane and Jessie Jackalow, boxing analyst. We're going to be talking, she's a female as well, so She's be a very good boxing get... analyst as well, and, and, and I'm not being disrespectful when I say it, you know, uh, for a girl. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about. She doesn't know what she's on about, this girl. She knows more than me anyway, put it that way. Well, that's not hard, is it, Bobby? No. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> if you want to get in contact with us at the show, um, email Lena at info at maineventboxingshow.co.uk. Also, check out the website as well, www.maineventboxingshow.co.uk. And soon again, we'll talk about it a bit later on, Bobby, but we're, yeah. you know, we're on Premier Sports. Yeah. We're filming yeah. again soon. Again. So, but that'll be all sorted out. But like I say, get in contact with us and uh, we can give you all the details. OK, we're going to take a quick break and then we're back on the phone with Tony Bell. This is main event. Pound for pound, the best in the world. Proud to present from Manchester, England. This is the main event. Yes, hello, welcome. This is the main event on all of the night 6.9. We're joined on the phone now with British and Commonwealth light heavyweight champion Tony Bellew. Hello, Tony. How's it going, mate? How are you doing, mate? Thanks for taking the time out today. I know you're busy, so we'll keep it short and sweet. It's the end of the season, Tony. How was your holiday, mate? It was nice, mate. It was nice to uh, get a little bit of a rest in, but I'm straight back in the gym. And as I say, I'm still saying right now as we speak. Right, I know, yeah, I know. So we'll, we'll get a new one a bit. Uh, you beat Hovum McKenzie uh, in a rematch in July, Tony, winning the British title. You m- must be happy about the careers panning out so far. Farming. Yeah, things are going well, you know, it's a few people whinging about how the fight went, but I've got to be honest, I can't keep having fights like I had in December in the first fight because my career's not going to last long and I'm always the first to say I'm going to retire from boxing and boxing's not going to retire me, so I've got to make fights as easy as possible.
possible. And I've just got to go in there, do my job, and win by any means necessary, to be honest. You know, to be honest, Tony, I thought it was a great performance, mate. You know, I thought that night you did everything right, you boxed prof- really professionally, and you, and you really took your time and did the job what you needed to do. That's all you needed to do with him, wasn't it, Tony? You know what I mean? And modify all his work. Yeah, it's just, it, it's frustrating, you know. I go in there in December and I have a complete war, and I, I please everybody at Sky Sports say, oh, well, a family level and that I'm limited and that I can only go so far. I go in in the rematch, I barely take a punch. Uh, you know, I, I completely play with him, I completely outclass him, and then all of a sudden Sky is saying, oh, well, he's not what we thought he was, and, you know, he's boxing completely safety first. Listen, if you're going into a game and you're winning, it's not up to me to change my game plan. No. It was up to him to implement something different and do something different, because I was winning and down, winning every round, and he didn't want to change, he didn't want to change because I was hurting him when he was coming inside, mm. and he was just thinking in the end, you know, I'm not going to rush this guy because he's dangerous as well on the back foot as, as I am on the front foot. Yeah. yeah. Was that something that you'd thought of right at the start of training, Tony, or was that nearer to the, to the fight that you kind of came up with that plan? No, to be honest, I, I sat down with my team, and you know, I've got fantastic coaches in Mick McAllister and Mark Quinn, and even my strength and conditioning coach was saying, Dave Billows, 11 football club, was saying to me, you know, just go in and use your brain, show them what you've got a brain, and no one has really seen that, and I've always known I've had it, but I've been too gung go and too happy to please everybody else and get involved in wars, but now, you know, it's different. I listen to my team, and you know, my coaches know a lot more than I do about boxing, so I listen to them first and foremost. And then if the knockout comes, the knockout comes, that's a bonus. But from now on, I'll be using my brain first and my heart second. Yeah, no, it's, it's right. So you meet Paul David soon, September 17th at the Liverpool Olympia. It was rumoured that he's meeting Nathan Cleverley, so is this being treated as a warm-up fight? I'll see no fight as a warm-up fight. I always expect, you know, a, a hard opponent from everyone that, that I fight, you know. But, you know, Cleverley's there and, and you know it's a world title opportunity. So, you know, I've got to get past Paul David first. He, he's awkward, he's a counter-puncher, he's a typical Ingo fighter. But, you know, what he lacks, I, I carry in a he lacks heart and bottle, and I carry the, the heart of ten lions. So you know, it's styles make fights, and I've got to get past Paul David. It's not an ideal opponent, but it's someone who's supposed to take me rounds, and it's someone who's not supposed to look good against. You know, I keep fighting these guys who are awkward, who no one else wants to fight. I fought over McKenzie. He comes out of he wins prize fighter. Not a soul wants to touch him. I fight him twice. I fight Bob Adjusey. No one wants to go near an Ingle fighter, especially a Southpaw Ingle fighter. I beat him, and now I'm taking on another one in Paul David, who no one really wants to fight. So you know, it's a tricky assignment, but it's one I'm fully to win and it's one that I think I can look good into. Yeah, brilliant. So if you did make clever, like we were talking about it, trying to get that's the fight everybody wants to see. What is it, Tony, that you've got that will give you the edge in that fight? It's plain and simple. Nathan cleverly takes chances. He comes in and he throws clusters of punches, punches and punches, however you want to put it, and he gives you the opportunity to hit him on the chin. He's not a big puncher. Sky Sports are pulling up to be the next superstar of British boxing. He's there to be it. It's plain and simple. Everyone he sports has hit him. He can only fight one way. At the end of the day, the guy's six foot two, Tony Oak, he's five foot ten. Why would you fight a guy who's five foot ten head on right in the middle of the ring when you're six foot two? It's easy for everybody to see he's there to be it. And I fully believe I hit him with the left hook that Kuzmitsky hit him with. He'd still be asleep now. There's no two ways about it. I hit him clean, he's going to sleep, and I'll keep stating it and stating again. Nathan Cleverly trades with me, he sleeps. It's as simple as that, and that's what I feel my edges in this fight. Good man. Okay, fair enough. If that fight wasn't to go ahead, so is there anyone else in the division that you fancy? I fancy Danny McIntosh, and uh, my team contacted Danny McIntosh to fight instead of Paul David, and he's asking for absolutely world title fight money. That's what he's asking for. So really, he's saying no. That's another way in boxing. Everybody knows it. Place yourself out of a job. 
job. The guy's asking for absolutely ridiculous amounts of money. He wouldn't even he didn't he's asking for money that he didn't didn't get when he went to Germany to defend his European title that he's just lost. So he's priced himself out. We asked for Kenny Anderson, but Kenny Anderson has chose to fight George Groves. We we've asked for all the top ten light heavies and you know, for one reason or another they can't do it. It's just it's one of these things. My division is quite weak when you look through it domestically. It's it's at European and world stage where it gets really strong, but there's nothing I can do, you know. People want to see me fight Nathan Cleverly. I want to fight and he wants to fight, but it's all down to the public interest and how much they want it. And as for the Paul David fight, just look through my division, look through the British rankings in my division. We've asked everybody in the top 10 and they can't do it. We've had to go for Paul David. And what can I say? You know, it is what it is. It, I don't choose my opponents. Frank Warren Promotions chooses who I fight and when I fight them. So, you know, the best thing to do is, is just stay tuned and get ready for the decent night on September the 17th. Yeah, you can have um, sort of be able to put in front of you, can't you, Tony? So, you know, I can't, if I could pick my opponent for this next fight, it would be Nathan Cleverly and I'd be getting a fight for the world title and that, that's, you know, the one that makes sense to everyone. It makes the most money. It makes the most sense all around. If it wasn't Nathan Cleverly, I'd love to shut Danny McIntosh up. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'll say it again. I'm a boxer. My manager's a manager. My promoter promotes me and my matchmaker matches me. When other people start incorporating them jobs, it's a recipe for disaster. I'm a boxer, I box, my trainer trains me, my matchmaker matches me and promotes, promotes me, and, and I've just got to stick to doing my part. Yeah, I'm sure it's a fight that'll happen soon. Anyway, Tony, I'll let you go get going in a sec, mate. Good luck for the 17th. The last question we've got today is we're running a theme through the show. If you could have been at ringside at any fight in Istra, what fight would you uh, have fancied being at, mate? Riddick Bowen of the Holyfield one. Yeah, brilliant. I'm saying. I wouldn't have been at the one with the uh, parachute guy, to be totally honest. Riddick Bowen Holyfield one, one of my favourite fights. Tony, we're going to let you get going, mate. Because we can hear that you, you know, you're not busy there, mate. So um, thanks, thanks for joining us, mate. Nice one, Tony. Thanks, mate. And I'll speak to you soon, mate. Good luck on the 17th. Tony Bellew. Really, really articulate, Tony, isn't he? He, is, you know, he knows yeah. what he's on about and he knows exactly what he wants, doesn't he? You know, he speaks a lot of sense and. Uh, it's got to, I mean, it's a fight that is, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a grudge there, isn't there? Him and Cleverly. It's a fight that if they continue winning, it, no doubt it's going to happen. Gonna, it's next. got to happen, hasn't it? Exactly, I mean, yeah. the way boxing's gone in England at the minute, where good fighters, domestic fighters are fighting each other, it's a great domestic fight, isn't yeah. it? And, and then it springboards Tony right into the world, you know, right into the world where he wants to be. You see, what he wants to he doesn't want to mess around no more he wants to go and get these big fights doesn't he yeah of course I mean how do you feel lads about the fight you know cleverly Bellew because I actually I've said it in the past like I think it's going to be a lot closer a lot of people seem yeah. to think cleverly old school him and that and I, I actually think it'll be a very very close fight mm. you know what I mean yeah. yeah it's like Tony said himself oh, cleverly takes a chance doesn't he he'll scrap with anybody and yeah. it's the wrong person or a scrap yeah, with you, can't, you know they don't call him Bomber Bellew for now yeah, we all, exactly. we yeah, all know yeah. what Tony Bellew's power is like and I think the, more, the most worrying thing for Nathan Cleverly is that Tony Bellew in his last fight showed a lot of maturity exactly yeah I mean he's getting slagged off a lot for that well look, look, mm. you, you know you know, the last person who pl- tried to please everyone they put him on a cross didn't they yeah. so you've got no chance <laughs> have you but um, he wants it, it t- Tony Bellew he didn't do himself any favours with that fight last time because people who know what they're on about know that he boxed professionally and mature and took his time that's a worrying thing for if you think you know Tony Tony Bellew's just a kid who comes out bombs blazing and he takes chances mm-hmm. to watch him come out and nullify um, Oville McKenzie's work and box really sensibly and mature it's worrying isn't it for you think hang on a minute that's another massive string to ease but exactly something exactly. that you know maybe you've not got or you want to get and you can't get 
It's crazy how people do it though because if Tony had gone out there all guns blazing and got yeah. knocked out everyone would have said why didn't he come out and try and you know it's a boxing you know there's always the thing about boxing is that everybody's got an opinion mm. everybody from somebody who's been watching fights for 30 years and been involved in boxing to somebody who's in the pub and they've just watched one fight everybody's got an opinion yeah. and they all think they're right you know what I mean but Tony Bellew it's great that he showed that maturity and the big main thing Tony Bellew showed now that he does listen to his coaches mm. you know kids yeah. who just walk out there no trainer wants your kid to go out there and just start throwing bombs and leaving his chin in the air but some kids do that you can't hold them back yeah, but yeah. Tony Bellew now has proved that he's willing to listen to his team it's a formidable force that when, when you've got boxers that can bang can box and listen to the team great recipe but I mean you know it's going to be a great fight and hopefully it's one that'll happen I hope it happens before Christmas really because uh, yeah, I really want to be wanna nice wouldn't it? it nice Christmas crack and happy yeah definitely for, yeah. for the main event boxing show to help promote <laughs> <laughs> definitely also as well his choice of fight as well they've handed all the field ready mm. great fight that was the one Steve remember when I don't know if you remember Steve yeah, yeah. coming in he was yeah uh, Woodsy said that didn't he no Steve Lewis uh, it was Steve well, yeah. Said yeah. That, sorry, yeah. he was uh, yeah. actually reporting at the fight and he's supposed to be impartial and not get involved Tell he's jumping around like yeah. a yeah, brilliant fight. Uh, I'll just go through some more that the uh, listeners have sent in. We've had uh, Graham Scott, he's gone for Duran Leonard 1. Uh, you'll probably remember that more yeah, than me. Yeah, I do stuff, remember that. Yeah. Graham Helliwell has gone for Ali Frazier, Freed, a thriller in Manila. Mm. Another great fight. Uh, you forget him, that's the problem. I know, I know. Now you're going through them, you're thinking, dear me, I remember that, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. But them two are sat there bemused, they don't know what we're talking <laughs> about here. <laughs> Mick Young has gone for George Foreman, Ron Lyle. Mm. Yeah, great fight. I went for uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, he's Meldrick Taylor, the first fight. Brilliant fight. Uh, it was at a time because I was kind of a big fan in the, mm. you know, in the early 90s and stuff of uh, Chavez. And uh, at the time, he was the golden boy. He was uh, the Oscar De La Hoya mm. of his day. And that. I think he was about 60 so, odd. Somebody needs to put all these fights on a DVD. They'll make a few good, won't they? Telling you. Yeah. And um, Chavez at the time, like I say, was a golden boy. You know, he was expected to win when he's uh, getting beat for 12 rounds, last 10 seconds. Put him down, and the referee stopped it. The lad actually got up, Taylor, Please got with two seconds to go, and he stopped it. It was a controversial decision because people were saying, get two seconds to stand up, kind of thing. Yeah, you would, <laughs> wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? But uh, that's the one I went for. And if I know, went for Gatty Ward as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, they're all classics, aren't they? Like you yeah. say, when you think back, you think, oh, I forgot about yeah, that one. Just forget about you know what I mean? Yeah. So, this is the main event. Anyway, we're going to talk to Jesse Jackalope on the phone in a, in a second. Like I say, get in contact with us in fortmaineventboxingshow.co.uk and check out the website. Have you seen the, uh, the video done on the um, for the Premier Sports? No, no, no. Well, you it. can check it out on the website www.maineventboxingshow.co.uk. We're going to take another short break and we're back on the phone with Jesse. Pound for pound, the best in the world. Proud to present from Manchester, England. This is the main event. Welcome back. This is the main event, all of Fed 96.9. I'm joined on the phone with boxing analyst Jesse Jackalope. Hello, Jesse. Hi, uh, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, good. Thanks for joining us today. Is that the best way to describe your boxing analyst? Um, I guess I'm a boxing fan. I mean, analyst sounds very uh, very important and professional, neither of which I would say I am. But um, I'd love to be a boxing analyst. I mean, it's a very flattering term, definitely. But I would say I'm a fan, you know, and I do my best to analyse, but uh, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm still learning from uh, from guys like you and shows like this, of course. No, I- 
can you say all the right things, Jesse? Don't you? I mean, <laughs> just heard that. It's, it's, in the, it's in the post, by the way, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> how long have you been in boxing, mate? And how, how did you get mate. into it? Well, I've been in boxing in some capacity. I mean, for almost half my life, since I was about ten years old, roughly. It's, it's the very first time I remember sort of expressing an interest in the sport. I mean, it probably sounds pretty daft out loud, but it was actually the writing that um, attracted me to boxing. It was um, I was sort of came to it from a kind of literary angle. I was just fascinated by boxing journalism, you know, and boxing history. And it was the uh, sort of retro era and the records. It was all sort of Jack Dempsey and Gene Tunney and Sugar Ray Robinson that I was really attracted to when I was sort of um, <laughs> not physically attracted, I should add. <laughs> I should add, but uh, that I, I just got sort of really obsessed, I would say. From and by my late teens, actually, I was um, passionate about the amateurs as well. And I managed to get this sort of temporary position with um, a local newspaper um, at the time because I'm sort of based in Hull and Humberside, and it's a really active scene, the amateurs there. And I wrote to them complaining. I said, you know, you don't have enough boxing coverage, and they wrote back and said, well, why don't you do it then? And uh, and I did, and that was my sort of first experience of a kind of fighting environment really was covering these amateur fights and uh, spending time with the young fighters and their families and trainers and really great experience really great excellent how do you feel about you know from a, a woman's perspective how do you feel about female boxing jessa women's boxing i mean i'm i'm 100 percent supportive of women's boxing i'd have to be completely honest and say that in terms of the pros you know the, the current pros i don't have a great deal of knowledge i really couldn't say you know who's currently reigning or currently successful in the pros but i am more familiar with the female talent at an amateur level and it is impressive especially in um, in England but also in Russia and China the sort of female talent there is just astonishing I mean I wrote this um, Olympic preview called The Gold Rush for um, boxingarticles.com and it was while I was researching that that I was noticing sort of wow there's some incredible female talent that, and achievements that have been going on basically behind closed doors and even you know domestically with Natasha Jonas and Katie Taylor and so I'm all in favor of you know increasing the number of opportunities but one of the things I will say is that I'm really not in favor of pressuring the situation you know of increasing the number of female boxers for its own sake I don't think it should be a sort of fashion thing if that makes sense mm. I, I just think it should be something that's allowed to happen very naturally um, when the talent and the ability is there I think it should be yeah, I think it's just important that the opportunities are there at the same level for both males and females but not to force it you know okay great excellent so you've got your own YouTube channel I've seen it myself have you had a look Bobby yeah, I have me yeah. yeah really good to, to, to be honest when, when I've seen Jessie on Twitter and I've seen she was a boxing analyst and I, I looked at the picture and I thought no chance yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's someone having is that it because it's happened a few times <laughs> and it you know there, there was somebody added me not so long ago and they put this picture up and, and I thought this girl was adding me and chatting away to me and then my mate said that's such and such a model like is there something wrong with you do you know what I mean so but then when I looked on YouTube and I seen and the post she was putting on and stuff like that I was uh, really really impressed with your knowledge of boxing oh. yeah. you actually do know far far more than me about boxing and that's the truth oh I don't know about that that's, that's incredibly encouraging to hear I will say that that's really inc encouraging to hear you know from somebody sort of who's as involved in the sport as yourself it means a great deal to me actually to hear something like that it's fantastic to know that there's people like you out there mm. that's just coming to the front now mm. uh, people that have actually gone and got knowledge of boxing mm. before actually coming on YouTube and, and saying what they think in this age that we're in now you get so many people that really don't know anything about anything and then yeah. they come on and they can voice their opinion about anything and it kind of puts a bad light on it but yeah. somebody yeah. Like, like you who's been in took time to educate yourself and, and you can tell by your voice that you're passionate about the sport 
yeah. mm-hmm. and then you come on it, it's a breath of fresh air Jesse to be honest that's just fantastic to hear I mean it really is because I know just what you mean as well I think it's something that originally I think when people see my videos or see me they're a bit suspicious I'm not sure what it is I think I think it's a case of that they think well she's you know she's identified some sort of gap in the market mm. or you're giving me way too much credit mate you know when, when people say that because I've been involved with it for such a long time yeah. but boxing came a long time before YouTube for me I mean it yeah. was a new development and the, the kind of videos I do they're just they're, they're not intended as sort of expertise they're just intended as this fairly concise objective approachable analysis I mean I film in my bedroom for God's sake I'm not I don't have a studio I don't have sort of any kind of I wasn't expecting any kind of audience it was just a kind of way to I've noticed that on YouTube for the for in some areas there, were, there was quite a high level of analysis of the fights and um, quite a high level of interaction with the fans and I just thought yeah that's something I want to be a part of but I do get very very nervous I mean poor boxers had to deal with me um, you know get, getting nervous about being on here because I do as a writer I think you get a lot of writers who just have like, zero social skills and unfortunately I'm close to that myself I just get very very nervous so sort of being like, boxing is not new to me at all but being on camera certainly is so I do I do kind of struggle with that but um, but it's, it's worth it though as I say for the level of analysis that you get and um, for, for sort of talking to other passionate fans it's a great way all around the world of course you know you get sort of um, perspectives from the states and perspectives from the Philippines and I think that's what you need you know to really bring your boxing knowledge on which mm. is why I'm there you know to learn yeah. so I think you need that no it's great you're a proper fan and you can tell that and you know yeah. you just need to keep doing what you're doing because you, you know you're obviously doing it right um, how often do you upload to your channel well I mean I don't upload as, as often as I'd like to be honest I mean because I, I, I'm I'm spend a lot of time writing but uh, it tends to be now uh, it depends how active the season is you know how much how many fights there are that really grab my attention but I try and upload roughly every sort of week and a half really because my videos tend to be quite in depth so I think if I uploaded every day people would soon be sick of the sight of me and I would soon be sick of the sound of my own voice that's for sure because <laughs> they are they're sort of between about sort of five and seven minutes long but when you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off and you're just sort of talking to yourself you do that you do need a bit of energy to do it and to so I, I do tend to upload it kind of every week and a half, something like that. And it's not just the big names either. I do like to cover a variety of divisions and keep up with the action, especially at lower divisions. I think there's some sensational talents there. I've been keeping it with the bantamweights a lot and the middleweights. So it, it does tend to be a variety, but I, I wish I could upload a bit more regularly. I am trying. Great. Uh, I've, yeah, we kind of touched on it a little bit before, but how have you been received so far, you know, as, as a female who analyzes boxing? Have you come up against any prejudice yet? Well, I mean, so far I've been really pleasantly surprised especially by the people who matter you know the people who are actually involved at a professional level I've been really pleasantly surprised by how positive it's been but I did actually have a really rocky start on YouTube thanks to forums I mean there was a lot of sort of offensive drivel on there when I first started but it was never about the analysis itself you know I mean in mm. fact it was pretty obvious that they never sat through a single one of my videos I, I, never, I never go on them forums no they're a nightmare I, I, I wish I could I wish I had the power to just show some, some are alright to, to say that some are alright you do get a lot of decent fans on there who know the yeah, stuff that's, you get the odd trolls don't you that's it's what it true, is true that's the problem because you don't want to shut them down because mm. on there there's, there's sort of can be this high level of analysis from time to time and quite specialised knowledge but every now and again as I say it's when they think it's not to your face that's the only thing I don't think they realise you know that I'm not here to sort of threaten anybody or impress anyone or be noticed I'm just here to learn and mm. to interact with other fans but I have to say as I say especially over the last few weeks um, the kind of the people who've been noticing me and who've been sort of saying that they're impressed and pleased and like yourself 
themselves has been just more than I could have expected, really, because I don't, I'm, I'm actually not trying too hard. I really am just sort of talking and, um, and enjoying interacting with people, really. So it hasn't been too bad, but I do need to work on a thicker skin. But I am working on it. I am working on it. Oh, so. that, that comes that, that, that's the worst thing in boxing. You need two thick skins, not just one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's true, definitely, yeah. What, what fights are you looking forward to next season, Jessa? You know, and um, is there any fights that you'd like to see made next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have definitely said Khan and Kel Brook. I would have liked to have seen a sort of big um, domestic clash going on, you know, something that British fans could all get really excited about, something really electrifying, you know. But I've been reading recently, you know, that that's looking less and less likely. Some things with um, Khan saying about if Brook's still represented by Matchroom or something along those lines. I mean, I won't pretend to understand the situation as it stands now, but I would have loved something that sort of maybe as well um, I don't know how likely this is but I would really like to see the British fighters who I consider really excellent but who've just come off the back of defeats I'm thinking of sort of DeGale there Murray there I'd really like to see how they make their returns and, um, and get behind them and sort of see if they can sort of get their careers back on track that kind of thing I'd, I'd be excited to see that the other thing I would, I would really like to see made as a matter of urgency is um, Becco's rematch with Mares. I don't mm. know if you caught that at the weekend but yeah. it's a disgusting display yeah. and I'd, um, I'd genuinely like to see that get made as soon as possible but I'm excited about everything I'm excited to see the, the um, conclusion of the Super 6 as well um, Froch is uh, one of my um, go-to fighters for a good mm. good fight I think he's fantastic Brilliant, excellent so who's your favourite fighter at the moment anyway? Carl Froch and uh, Nonito Donaire I just think with Froch I mean I've followed the Super 6 pretty closely I've been really impressed by the, the sort of calibre of fights it's produced and Froch in with these top draw opponents you know back to back and it's just been a real joy to sort of watch him as a fight fan for me to watch him silence some of his critics, you know, and develop into sort of from what people had originally said was this one-dimensional brawler into this sort of slick, calculating, forced to be reckoned with. He's proved he can box really intelligently, so I'm a fan of his. And Nonito Donaire, you know, he's just this sensational talent at the bantamweights, astonishing mm-hmm. fundamentals and hand speed. So I'm always excited to see those two. Always. Excellent. Okay, and the last question we've got for you today is, you know, obviously we've got a theme running through the show. If you could have been at any fight in history or ringside, what's your fight? Oh, any fight in history. You know, I'm, I'm actually not going to go with a big historical fight. I'm going to go with Earl and Katsidis. Graham Earl versus Michael Katsidis. Brilliant it's fight, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It's just a fight that I return to time and again. I always put it on. If I've got, you know, if I've got a spare hour, I always, I find myself watching it and it's just one of my favourite rounds of all time. As well. I like the way, round. the way you knock Katsidis down he wobbles <laughs> on his knees and, and bounces up like yeah. a jack in the box and it's just a, an extraordinary fight and I think you can hear in the crowd how memorable <clears throat> excuse me how memorable it must have been to be there and it's obviously it's not in the sort of historical category but it is just one of those ones that I look back and I think oh, I wish I could have seen that I wish I could have seen them yeah. both and been there so and it just embodies you know so much of what I love about the sport all the heart and madness and uh, I think you can hear how memorable it must have been so yeah I mean because that's what I was saying earlier on I kind of nearly went for a form and oh, but yeah. I had to have a little thing you know, because yeah. there's so many great fights. It's that, the same for me. Carlos and Castillo. You know, before I go to a fight with any of the lads, I always put that on. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> and, and, no, no, me shadow boxing crazy. You going mad? You know, I always put that on. It always kind of, I don't know. I think it's the way Gooseman is with him. You know, and yeah. the way the coach and the 
the box. So I think that's what, what kind of does it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he says to him, you know, you better get inside on him now. And he actually does it, you know. So, yeah. you know, with, with all the madness, he still listens to his coach and that this is what we're striving for, boxers, to listen to the coach. You know? I like that, yeah. 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 I think that's what it is, what does it for me. So I always put that on before the fight. That's brilliant. I can understand that, definitely. I'm going to have to call it a day there, Jesse, because, uh, you know, we're approaching the end of the show. I'd like to thank you for coming on. Oh, it's been a real pleasure. I was, I was scared to death, but it hasn't been no, too bad, so thanks a lot for having me on. Our, our bites are worth it, worse than our bites. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we'll do, Jesse, hopefully we'll get it on again in the future because it's been great talking today. Brilliant, it's been great to talk to you both. Take right. care. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Thank Thanks you. Keep up the good work. Okay, that was Jesse Jackalot. Like I say, um, you know, with Google the name uh, on YouTube and stuff like that, have a look at the videos because it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, and it's great, as you were saying there, uh, Bobby, it's nice to get some new, fresh ideas, new journalists on the scene. We're, in any kind of sport, you need new blood coming up through all the time. Exactly. And we're very lucky because we've got Eddie Earn yeah. in the promotional side, we've got Eddie Earn, we've got the two Warren brothers, we've got yeah. them coming through in the promotional side. You've got people like Spencer Fair and people like that Well, he's through. just signed six six fight deal now with Premier Sports as well. Right, so, you've got all you've got all them coming through, yeah. and then you've got these new young writers coming in. You need this fresh blood in anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, especially boxing as well. You know, because so. it, it got a bit easy, didn't it, for promoters at one point? There was no competition. It... Listen, they say the country's in a depression, a, a recession, and we know it is. Mm. And now, what's happening? Boxing's coming to the front again, isn't it? Like I say, you've got all these promoters who, and, and you get more television coming in. And, and Sky are great. Sky have been oh, absolutely yeah, fantastic yeah. in what they've done. Yeah. But now you've got other channels coming back into the boxing. This can only be good for the fighters. Of course, well, if yeah. it's good for the fighters, it's good for the trainers, it's good for the managers, it's good for the promoters. A lot of the reason is, is you know, that's happening as well, though, is because what we just said there, you've got so much, you know, all these new ideas now that are coming through and stuff yes. like that. And it's, uh, you know, it's changing it up and it's shaking it up a bit, and that's what it needed. Of course, it's, it needed, it's, it's you know? new blood, it's great. Excellent, brilliant. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk on the phone with Ashley Fearfane. Back after this. From Manchester, England, this is the main event. This is the main event, all of FM 96.9. We're joined on the phone now with British Light Wallowit champion Ashley Fearfane. Hello, Ashley. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, pal? Thanks for joining us, because I know, like you said, you know, you're mad busy today, so, uh, you know, you can only spare us five minutes. So we'll jump straight into it, mate. You beat Jason Cook last time out at a 10th round KO. Yeah. How, how pleased were you, were you with the performance? Because, unfortunately, you know, as you know, we couldn't see it on Sally that night. Well, I was happy with, like, with, like, the performance, like, from, like, the fifth round, because I got into my groove, and I broke him down. I knew that he would start out quick as he did with doors and I basically just broke him down and I'm you know just knocked him out you know the body shots like we'll get into him and I was just happy to get the result I wanted excellent excellent so what are you doing now you want a break now are you, are you still mixing time between here and the states well I went away I had a holiday in Cuba I was away for two weeks like resting and I'm back in the gym now so you know just getting back into the groove and you know just getting the fitness back excellent I'm sure you're keeping a close eye on the fights that are coming up soon because we've got some fights that are, you know domestically could be maybe between you you know you've got a Lusigan and um, McCloskey there fighting soon you know is that something you're going to be keeping a close eye on well Lusigan is my is my good good friend so we would never fight unless it was for a world title Paul I know Paul cause he flew he flew me out um, to Belfast once for um, a training camp with him I'm not to tell you the truth I don't really watch what's happening to like domestic scene because I just fight like who like the boxing border control um, tell me to fight I'm not looking to make one entry so I just fight my mandatories and just try to stay on the international scene just in between that okay brilliant how would you fancy local lad Carl play 
place as a possible future opponent? Got a place. Oh yeah, because he's Manchester. Yeah, he's got to fight um Steve Williams first. So I like Steve. So you know, I've never watched cards. So I didn't know his name until his name like came into the British title scene frame. I didn't know anything about him. I heard he's all right. He's aggressive and he's looking like he's improving. So you know, the best man wins. If he could beat Steve, then I, I guess he's good enough to fight me. So I don't know like anything about him, but he beat Steve. It's, it'll be me and him. So when are you likely to be in action again? I well, is Nigel right? He is. He is my man, the Tory. So that's going out to purse bids next month, like sometime. So um, so when I get that date, it will probably be like November times, so, like something like that. So I'm looking fo- like forward to it. I want to get through right because whenever he stepped up to Lusagan to like Nikoski doors, he loses. So there's no way that Wright's beating me. Okay, fair enough. How was it actually fighting on the? You know, because you fought on the bill that was on Channel Five a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I suppose you had mixed reactions really because it was great with it being back on Sally, but you know, obviously, I didn't show your fight. Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't really mind because it was it wasn't shown in Britain, but it was still because it was pay per view in America. Cause yeah. It was shown in America. It was shown in Africa. Because I got oh. some friends who's over, who's over there, and it was shown in Russia. So it was a shame that I didn't get on, you know, for like the wider um, public like to watch me. But at the same time, like there was a worldwide audience there who got to see me, and they like the feedback I've had, like they, they like what they saw. So um, there's mixed reactions, but it's, you know it's all good. We just keep moving, and hopefully, like my next um, British title defense, like will be screened on TV. Yeah, hopefully, because we had Kerry Kays in um, just the day after the fight, kind yeah. of thing. And he yeah. was saying that he was, he was talking to Billy Graham, and he actually watched the yeah. fight in America. Yeah, Billy watched it. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that the British fans couldn't get to see you, though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Because I've been, like, say, I've been on the ESPN a few times, so I've been all over the place. Now I'm trying to. I've come back to Britain. I've won the British title, so like now I'm trying to make the British public know there's not just the mere Khan there. There is me there as well, trying to make you know big movements as well. Yeah, well, you, you know, you're making the right waves at the minute. Um, Ashley, we're, we're gonna have to let you get going soon, mate, because we know you're busy and we're coming to the end of the show yeah. anyway. But the, uh, cool. the theme that we've had for today's show has been, um, yeah. you know, if you could have been at any fight in history ringside, which fight would you like to have attended? I would have been at the Marvin Hagler fight and um, John Mugabe because I love that fight. It's one of it's one of my uh, favorite fights, and I always watch it like before I go and have a fight because it just gets me in that mood. <laughs> so um, I would have been at that fight. I would have loved to have been at that fight there because it was a great fight. Yeah, John the Beast Mugabe, remember? That? Could be, could it? Couldn't he? Yeah. Mugabe, David, yeah. he was a murderous puncher, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was. was. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Absolute brilliant fight. Ashley, we're gonna have to leave it there, Paul, because we're coming to the end of the cool. show. But what we will cool. do, mate, before you get, um, you know, before you're out next time, we'll get you on again yeah. and uh, we'll talk in depth. Cool. It was nice to speak with you guys. Nice, Thanks, Ashley. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Okay, that was Ashley for your fame. We're coming to the end of the show, lads. Uh, what we'll do, I'll just run through uh, a little bit of boxing news that we've had just to end the show. We mentioned earlier on that Spencer Fearings signed a six-fight yeah. deal with our Premier, which is great. Brilliant. If you're on a free view, so yeah. if you've got Sky, you can watch it. Yeah. Kimbo Slice, he made his debut mm-hmm. in boxing the other day. Ten seconds. He's about 32, 33, in you know, something like that. Oh, is it? Is he, is he, is he that all right? Um, yeah, 10 second knockout. So, uh, well, he's the kind of boy you don't want to meet in the dark alley, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He'd tell you the new one, wouldn't he? Yeah, a shadow of a doubt. And uh, also, we had Martin Rogan, who turned down Tyson Fiora, uh, the opportunity mm-hmm. to face Tyson Fiora, which is a strange yeah. one. Matt Shreem looking to sign George Groves, mm-hmm. so uh, he's looking to clear Who was he with, George Groves? Haymaker. Haymaker, wasn't it? Right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know what's happening with that one.